0: Welcome to Almost Famous Minute where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer.
1: And I'm Andy King from Real Rock part of Rock and Roll Pantheon.
0: Hey welcome Andy. How you doing? I'm good Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good yeah. We, and I actually had uh, Andy on with my co-host uh, for Watchmen Minute back uh, back in the day. Probably about a year ago, roughly, <laughs>
1: quite possibly roughly, <laughs> or a few months. I think we figured out we had the same obsessions, so we just went with yeah. it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So this is uh, Monday, um, minute,
0: with Minute 22, and it starts with the bus door opening and a band streaming out and ends with William praising the band. And the band is Stillwater. So and, and and we are introduced to, we get all three three of the four members of the band talking, as well as their their manager Dick. Um, you have any thoughts on any 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 of the of these actors?
1: It's the first time you see you see uh, Stillwater, right. and it doesn't really sink into you yet that it's literally the best role that any of them will ever play oh. so when you when you first you know when you first see him if when i when i rewatch it i'm always like yay you you get to see like okay this is prime jason lee This is the best yeah. he'll ever be mm. um in all respect to dr manhattan but it's billy's best too so <laughs> um i don't know that uh, I mean, quite honestly, I don't know that Patrick did anything <laughs> else, so yeah, you know it, that that's kind of what sticks out to me um that first meeting of of the band and just it's a little kid, you know, and he he just wants to hang out with the band and job <laughs> you know, to do and and they're just yeah fuck off, man, just get get out of here well, and really and
0: it's a matter of what he's really angling for is just getting inside you know at first um but you know it eventually kind of does become this uh you know doing you know doing an article doing a going on tour with this band um that he uh proposes later to uh a certain certain uh, uh writer editor at uh, Rolling Stone but um you know and it, it, it you know cuz remember he's here for actually you know for his cream in for his cream uh, uh from Lester bang's um assignment ooh, an assignment um <laughs> to write an article on uh uh black sabbath which we also we, we do hear a little bit later too
1: a little bit uh of audio uh, isn't the background music to the, isn't a the yes song oh, you yeah currently it. yeah right it, it, it uh it
0: ooh, did, has it had it already started no just yeah, it's just starting in the in the middle of here, roughly in the, during this minute. Round uh, roundabout, about. Right.
1: yeah. I I've, I'm sorry, I'm I'm doing most of this out of like pure memory because I've seen this movie like sure. seven thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point to where I can quote it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like what I catch in this scene is just like pure naivete and op- optimism, and. I just got to get in man. I just, you know, that that we've all felt like that. I feel like that on a daily basis whenever, you know, no. and like doing our shows and stuff like that where you're just like, I just want to get in, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do I got to do to get in? Um and and
0: I I think you did kind of mention uh Mark Kozleck. Is that right? You know, and and he's he's uh uh the main the main guy behind a couple bands over you know around this time prior to this time a uh, sun kill moon and then also uh, the one i'm more more familiar with is red house painters um so he's the bassist larry fellows and as as i was indicating three of the four we hear three of the four actually say some different things but the one we don't hear <laughs> is ed ed valancourt now now one thing one one interesting thing um uh, about what's actually happening here a little bit is you know Dick is Dick is real the, the the band manager played by Noah Taylor, um, but uh, he's really on the band about hurrying up and he says you know they're an hour and a half about an hour and a half late I believe, um, you know so kind of my question there and maybe you have a take on this handy is how big a deal would it be for a band like that at that point in time in in the I don't know this you know this early seventies um, for the band itself that's supposed to be on stage at some point to be an hour and a half late.
1: You have any takes on that or. Uh, the opening band, that's not a good, that's not a good thing yeah, at all. Um, mm-hmm. but the fact that they're opening for, uh, early seventies, uh, black Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it kind of gives them some leeway cause God knows what fucking time they went on. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so mm-hmm. it was probably okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, coming in late is uh, kind of a, a trope, but it's not necessarily done as much as uh, TV shows and things oh, want, mm-hmm. want it to be. I mean, I can count on, after I've been to like 7,000 shows, I can mm-hmm. count on like one hand how many actually started late. <laughs> and, um, you know, and that's going to like punk shows with 20 people. Mm-hmm and those Mm -hmm. guys show up on time so uh (laughs) yeah now granted i didn't uh go to shows in the early 70s where i was not conceived yet but Mm -hmm. you know uh it it doesn't happen in this day and age obviously and i'm guessing at the time i mean it's kind of like a dead show where the band coming on is kind of secondary to the culture that is in the show Mm -hmm. um and some of those early Sabbath shows, you know, I have to live vicariously and read about, obviously I don't mm-hmm. have a time machine or anything, but, um, or do I, uh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like, uh, that would be very kosher. Um, especially with the tour manager freaking the fuck out. And <laughs> that tour manager is so obviously, uh, based on Sam Cutler. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, Cool. and it, it's not i couldn't find any verification uh, of this and I, I have looked um and to my knowledge i think we even asked sam himself um sam is like mr rock and roll and he was a tour manager for the dead he was a tour manager for floyd um and uh if you if you check out the uh documentary long strange trip on uh amazon mm-hmm do pretty extensive interviews with him. And he is Australian cat. Uh Okay. He is like the most fun, crazy person in the world. And he just like lives rock and roll. But when I see their tour manager on, in the movie, I'm always like, that is, that's not based on Sam. Then, you know, golf. Cause it, it has to be. And the, uh, Dale Shannon and, uh, Wayne's world too. I'm pretty sure is based okay. on, sam cutler as well so so that kind of like threw me off a little bit like and even rewatching it now after like knowing what i know about sam now i'm like that i've always thought it and that is so based on him and even the way he says fuck off is like almost perfect (laughs) you know yeah yeah it's 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 will you kind of lower key
0: but then he really exclaims it for with with the with the uh uh offensive word fuck yes and I even wrote, uh,
1: I even wrote feck off though in my notes. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and, uh, it's the phrase that got Gordon Ramsay famous. And so, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how bad it is anymore. I think it's, uh, nowadays it's like you could just say whatever and nobody cares. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and actually, uh, just before that, uh, uh, Dick's, uh, you know, problem, uh, we have, uh, uh, we're, we're talking a little bit about Jason Lee. I don't think we said, uh, he's playing, uh, the character, Jeff Beebe. He's the lead singer of the band. Um, and he's the one that kind of gives, you know, I I don't know if they'd kind of, I, I I would kind of have to feel that he and maybe some of these other guys in the band have called journalists or rock critics before, um, the enemy. But, uh, that is the, uh, the one the one of the two nicknames that uh william has uh throughout the rest of the movie
1: Uh, yeah it's it's pretty common with uh especially in that in that stage of of rock um where it was just fuck the critics because you either didn't get what was going on or you kind of got it too much and Mm -hmm they were kind of in that between like, if you were critiquing one album, you just totally missed the point. And if you're critiquing okay. another album, you just like got the point a little too much and just it becomes either a love fest or a hate fest. Um, and that's why I, that's, that's why I like appreciated a, a, a critic like Lester bangs. And I implore every single one of you listeners to go find Lester bangs yeah. and read him. Cause that was the best rock critic of all time. Okay, so so you you
0: do kind of think he's kind of in the middle of the road between the,
1: I mean, kind the,
0: of, yeah, but his the, his those kind of extremes,
1: yeah. And I I think with him, like he understood like uh, Detroit music, where, mm-hmm. you know, in the late sixties, Detroit was making the best music, um, the Stooges and the MC Five, and it it's like, and he got it. I could see how, because I've I've read like extensively, I've read his stuff, and I could see how every single artist in the world hated his guts, because even his good reviews of his glowing reviews just completely talk shit for like paragraphs. Hmm, okay. Um, if you ever find it, his uh, review of Springsteen is awesome because it's like he bashes him the whole time. And then at the end of it, he's like, this is the future of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I just read like three pages of him going like, yeah, this is everything wrong with the guy, but he's awesome. So, you know, whatever.
0: Now, now you were mentioning Detroit there a moment ago. And that, that's where Lester's from. Right. Uh, would have to no. look
1: that up. Or, or at least
0: he knows about,
1: you he know, like, because you know,
0: that's he, like, he's he's attuned to the rock bands of detroit. right um uh but so so then the other thing here is is that stillwater is we'll find out at some point later here i can't quite remember when coming up but um but that's where they're you know based out of where they came from is the idea.
1: that's what we call a segue.
0: yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> that's a fucking segue, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I appreciate it, but 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 you see, but but kind of my point is is that if Lester knows about Stillwater, but then we we find out in a little bit as well what Lester thinks about this band, so it, it, things aren't quite jiving in that sense. I mean, what 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 turns him off to this band? Yet they're from the city that he he likes. Because oh, I likes
1: can other bands from because. Like Stillwater and what we hear from Stillwater mm-hmm. sound like the Eagles. Okay. They sound like, when they all sound like early Eagles, they sound like post Joe Walsh, kind of more rock and roll Eagles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Most critics absolutely fucking hate the Eagles because it's like sanitized, generic rock and roll. Well, i i find a place in it where i, I kind of dig it sometimes but I can see yeah. where mm-hmm. a guy like Lester banks who less, like and he uh, and he he name drops in the okay just taking off the character of the movie right. name drops the stooges
0: right
1: if you're a guy who digs the stooges <laughs> band like stillwater that is rather generic in their mm-hmm. sound that's not gonna apply to you because you want you're going like you want the MC5, you want you want the Stooges, and then if you're fed something that's sort of like the Eagles, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna tell that to kindly fuck off.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and another band that we know he doesn't like is the Doors. Um, but that meant in his comparison at that point, when he's in the DJ booth, is is that you know like, he'd rather have the Guess Who. <laughs> Oh, it and It all has. It all has. 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 Seems to revolve around the idea of drunken buffoonery, <laughs> whether whether Jim Morrison is, <laughs> you know, being that or not being that, and what have you.
1: A uh, uh, drunken buffoon pretending to be a poet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. But that's. I mean, that's. You know, rock critics are are kind of, and they they kind of still are whenever I. Read, like reviews of, of rock albums
0: uh-huh. it's kind of
1: like you have what you like and art's subjective and there's all that and then kind of wish sometimes that people would like bring their own and that if you look at like the rise of podcasting right yeah right there's, there's like so many movie review shows and i know because uh-huh. i do one you do one you know but got to bring like a different voice to it not just you know this is bad because the cinematography was <laughs> you know fucked up or a little on the nose or whatever and it's like dude like what what does it mean to you personally so if you take a, a thing like podcasting where it's all democratized now and we can all just say like oh you know, i you i could say like i love this movie because blah 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 and it's a completely personal story a critic mind especially in this time period when you didn't have that kind of outlet for everybody the critic mind was saying like no this is this is bad because you know the guitar sound is muddy and i just take the the mc5 for example when I've read a review that said it was not good, it was not good music because the guitar was muddy. But the guitar's supposed to be fucking muddy, you donut. It, like, <laughs> <laughs> they, cause you missed the fucking point. So, just in short, fuck all the critics.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, um, yeah, you know, I mean, if, if a critic, if one critic is kind of, you know, being crazy like that, you know. I think I think that can like, just gives gives license to others, and and they all get that way. And but I mean, not not all, but a fair amount, unfortunately. And uh, other others that uh, um, actually kind of leads me to my next my next point is what is a drive coming off of what Russell says is we play for the fans, not the critics. And I guess what I'm kind of wondering about is 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 uh, is William. You know, is he really going to you know, you know, he's going to ride this line throughout this movie of whether he's a fan or a critic. And, um, I think, you know, with, I think we can take from what we know of Cameron Crowe that even though, yes, he certainly did write plenty in his younger days too, um, about various rock bands, a lot of this mid, 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 early, mid, late seventies rock bands. Um, he certainly went off into his other career, which, which brings us this movie. You know, uh, writing you know writing a movie and then uh, writing and directing movies, um. But it almost seems to me like it almost seems to me like you know he 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 really was he really was so much more the fan than the critic, in the end.
1: Yeah, he he's also more. He, I mean, he's way more of a. I don't even know that I would really classify him as a critic. It's just mm-hmm. much more of a journalist. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when. So Cameron Crowe is kind of you know he's he's an interesting uh, he, he's an interesting case study and what's a critic what's a what's a journalist because he, he definitely critiques but he he critiques from the vantage point of being a super fan yeah. and uh, he obviously he I mean he is obviously a super fan uh, you can't uh-huh. just him as a person the character uh, is the character William is a, a super fan and, and and Cameron Crowe is, you know, he has his critiques, but he's still like, even when he critiques things, he kind of does it as like, I'm not a fan of what this is. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of do have a problem with what, what Russell says. Yeah. You know, I play for the, for the fans and not the critics. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's art, right?
0: okay, yeah so shouldn't you play for yourself Someone else right yes, right,
1: yep you know, shouldn't it be yeah. you know um foreigner, they played for the fans, you know, uh-huh. and they suck <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like play, play for yourself man I mean, it's 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 art when you at least from my vantage point whenever i'm whenever whenever I'm listening to music and especially like new music older music and I, I typically tend to like view it through the guise of like how this makes me feel but like whenever i listen to a song for the first time like i want to know what the artist is feeling as they're you know they wrote it this is their piece of art so this should be a reflection of them on themselves mm-hmm. if they're playing for the fans you know let's do air quotes there, playing for the fans <laughs> Kind of, you know, that's how you get, that's how you get the eagles. That's how you get homogenized, mm-hmm. you know, just disposable crap. When I'm making something, I think the fans will enjoy because all I'm hearing is, "Oh, you're out. Because that's immediately where my yeah. mind goes, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I because I just because I think, music, rock and roll, I think all art should be a reflection of self and not mm-hmm. a mirror so much. So, you know, I don't think you should play to the critics because the critics want pretentiousness, and Uh you know they kind of they want they want the artist to be the smartest person in the room because if they are the ones who are dissecting the artist, then they become the smartest person in the room. So that's (laughs) where the that's what critics come from. Uh So, so I don't I don't necessarily I don't want my artists, you know, like that. I want my artists you know, writing personal stories. Cause those are the best songs. All the best songs are from personal places, you know, or drug fueled fever dreams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, that's where, that's where my enjoyment of, of rock and roll comes from. <laughs> you know, no. not so much like, I don't know when you say like, Oh, this is for the fans. Like, you know, it, it's i'm gonna i'm gonna think that that's probably disposable and i don't want to really listen to it mm. um so i mean so
0: could like could could a could a rock band have you know one song that's for the fans but then most of like pretty much not everything else you know i mean that that's you know i almost think about like essentially my my number two band being radiohead and and there you know that they, they they had that they, they could have been a one-hit wonder i mean they almost were i mean except i mean they just had this amazing critically <laughs> um certainly um but that i think they have a, a good contingent of fans though too but critically lauded you know as well um a career but the, the the song creep and they really for quite a while they hated it and apparently more recently they've they have come back around to it and
1: and you would never, in a million years, you would never say that like Tom York took the easy way out. No, right? With yeah. his, you know, like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna do this because I think the fans will love it. I mm-hmm. ain't, he ain't gonna fucking do that. No, no. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like you know, anybody. Yeah. If you if you did do like <laughs> the guise of like movies, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm a huge Kevin Smith nerd. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't like any of the the fan service movies. <laughs> um, I don't like Jason Bob Strike Back. I mean, I like I like them, but like I'm not gonna rewatch them. Yeah, yeah. You know, because well, then it's well, just I'm in rewatching.
0: Jokes. I'm rewatching it with as a double feature <laughs> when when reboot comes out here. Oh yeah, I've, you I've, have I've to. Ticket,
1: but, but, yeah, like I think I think. But my yeah, favorite... I haven't watched.
0: I've only like seen it a couple times, really.
1: Though, right? But I've seen Clerks like. Seven million times. Oh, yeah, right. I've seen Chase and Amy Mm. seven million times. Mm -hmm. I've seen shit. I've seen Red State seven million times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, the ones that were just like (laughs) super personal stories, dogma. Yeah, right. You know, but then like Clerks 2, (laughs) Janson, Bob Strike Back, those were like fan movies. And Mm I, like, I'm a fan. I'm the target audience. And I, I know I'm kind of a weird case, but like the references, the end jokes um you know marvel movies do the same thing i just don't care <laughs> like like the big thing on marvel movies was like oh shit like ant-man got tall he does that in the books like what are you fucking five i don't care well,
0: well see i like that ant-man gets tall but i'd never read any
1: anything with ant-man in it so <laughs> i i remember because i told somebody i was over marvel movies and that was, like, the one thing they said. Can you imagine, though, we got to see Ant-Man get tall. And I'm like, <laughs> that was not an uh, end-all, be-all to me. The story sucked. And then, you know, like, well, he was just overthinking it. And then I get into the critic thing where I'm like, oh, yeah. Because it's not pretentious, I don't like it. Because I'm a critic. And I need it to be smarter so that I appear smarter talking about it. hmm that's that's great man yeah
0: that's i understand makes sense and and where and where that then comes what what then happens with the dialogue right after that is that uh william realizes there's there's a there's a nice you know silent segment there but he then goes into the naming of the four guys russell jeff ed larry i love your band i think the song "Viewer dog is a big step forward for you and you guys producing it yourselves instead (laughs) Um, and we'll get there uh, on wednesday of course but um but you know going through those you know indicating to them letting them know that he he's he's more aware of of them and and has a has a you know a a fan's take you know kind of i mean it's it's kind of critic a bit critic kind of talk what he's saying it's a big step forward and yeah, it, but yeah, still... but he's
1: he's not being yeah. negative at all. Yeah, and yeah, it's what positive. what a rock star needs more mm-hmm. than anything is somebody mm-hmm. to tell them they're fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know that's why like the groupie industry was what it was in the sixties and seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because you need somebody to come back and and lord over you like. Mm-hmm you know, that's the greatest thing ever. And like, oh, thanks. That's, you know, that's why I do it is to hear that because I still got resonating father issues where he never said he was proud of me. So you just filled that void for me mm-hmm. this week. <laughs> that sounded way more cynical than I meant it. I <laughs> well, no, but I, I think I think you can
0: then spin that or keep going with that in, in the idea that uh, I think at some point, Penny... Uh, says uh, later, I think later in the movie, uh, you know the the idea of them being the the, the band aids being muses and 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 you know, I, you know she uses the word project, <laughs> yeah for Russell, um, yeah. he's he's gonna be her last project, so yeah. it's it's her playing muse, her satisfying him and
1: <laughs> uh, in multiple ways
0: probably and
1: just in the hopes that he writes a song about her, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the end goal. Mm-hmm. I need a song written about me.
0: <laughs> well, and what we get with this whole movie is a movie partially about you know, there's there's it's kind of again, the groupie as far as the groupies go and the and Penny herself something of amalgamation, but there is definitely one certainly namesake for it for her. But uh so say they, they kinda gotta one of the, one of the most. Do you, you think this this could be like one of the most introspective, you know, movies about about groupies, or, or that has
1: at least at least has them as a, a decent. Yeah, because uh, I mean normally, well this movie does something interesting where the the groupies, the band aids, muses, whatever, yeah, sure, they are uh, three dimensional characters, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because Cameron Crowe is obviously a cis male um, mm-hmm. to write a feminine point of view. That's not completely vapid yeah. um, It's, it's kind of rare. I mean, you look at any of the other famous writers, all their women are like one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just like they're there. Um, take uh, uh, Meg Ryan in the doors movie she has like no personality whatsoever and you're trying to figure out like why would Jim Morrison want to follow her around um and then the character she's based on Pamela's you know it's obviously an actual person who who like had a personality and was interesting and funny and and if you know about her you kind of understand why Jim Morrison would freak out and and be all about her you know um, but because it was a, it was a Oliver Stone has never written a woman, um, character worth anything. Uh, it doesn't come across at all. Like mm-hmm. in the movie, this movie, which is interesting cause it's from a male perspective, a male wrote it, male perspective. He actually gives Penny personality and a reason to be there. And even the mom, you know? Oh yeah, it, even the mom is mom is... and
0: sister. Yeah, I think I think that's a big. I think that's probably a big reason why he he could write that way. Possibly is 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 his mother's and sister's influences on him.
1: Yeah, no, it's that's a it's a great point. I actually I didn't think of so. That's a great point. Um, Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, that's any of the other movies when you get you know, the rock and roll movies, which is yeah. what I special, specialize in. Sure. The groupies are just, they're there for a gratuitous nudity shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only time you, they're there for uh, what I call the second act bullshit hedonistic mm-hmm. montage because every rock and roll movie has that second act montage of them being jackasses mm-hmm. and setting things on fire and fucking groupies and whatnot. Um, Well, well, and there is a montage kind of,
0: I would say probably, probably occurring in the second act. I, I think, you know,
1: Oh, it has to, um, it's a, it's a sta- it's not but, a rock and roll. Booty. They're not Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: They're not, they're not being as jackass as, <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, they're
0: they're Most pretty other. good,
1: but like uh you know, like the only rock and roll movie where like that really doesn't exist is like maybe Pink Floyd's The Wall and he becomes a fascist <laughs> dictator. So <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's a whole whole different movie. I'm working on The Wall right now, so it's like, oh, okay. right, it's like oh. right on the uh, it's living on front street on my brain. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, you know that's that's how I feel about groupies. That's how I feel about For their, sure. or that's how I feel about their portrayal in mm-hmm. movies and like having like worked with the world's most famous groupie, Pamela. Oh. Um, you know they're they're just, they're interesting people. You know it's yeah they're they're really cool. They're they're interesting. They're smart. They're funny. Yeah, this movie just actually does kind of portray Penny as, as being a human, which is, <laughs> it's refreshing, but it's, it's probably why like I think Almost Famous is the best pure rock and roll movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's not a musical. The best yeah. rock and roll narrative, because mm-hmm. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is still the greatest mm-hmm. rock and roll movie of all time. There, I said it. Um, <laughs> but as far as, like, you know, the narrative kind of biopic without being a biopic, mm-hmm. that it's because of, you know, their actual characters. They have depth. There's not a real history to go off of, so, you know, things become a little more and you can play a little justice with it without, you know, being weird or pissing fans off for leaving things out, mm-hmm. you know? So <clears throat> playing to the fans as it were, yeah. uh, <laughs> bring, it, bring it all back, <laughs> bring it all back, man. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's why I love this movie. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. and I've called it my favorite movie for years. Um, it's been replaced as my favorite movie, but it's still like number two. It's <laughs> it's easily number two. Oh well, I'm gonna have to ask what what's the first this time. Um, once upon a time in the West, I I I, I just mm-hmm. I rewatched it one day and like, uh, it's just the score, the some. Oh, it just the perfect movie to me, and it's it's long and it's it's a bit to, yeah. To like really take hold of, but yeah, I think I've only seen part of it. I don't think I've seen all of it. Like, it's one of those movies that like completely rewards you for being immersed, Mm. and a lot of movies don't do that. So, the fact that that Mm. one does is kind of, you know. And and I'm not even that huge of a fan of Sergio Leone. I'm just uh, because I hate Once Upon a Time in America. Like, that's just way too long. That's bloated as hell. <laughs> you know, but, and then, you know, obviously I like the Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, yeah. Of, of you the, know.
0: Well, of the three, and that's that's definitely my pick of the three. But I don't, I don't think I've seen the other two once or twice maybe at the most for each. But I've seen Good, Bad, and the Ugly several, many times. Maybe double digits even.
1: Yeah, I go through I go through weird, like, couple of years where, like, all I want to watch are westerns. Yeah, wow. And um, so I'm kind of holding off on for the next time I really get into my western kick. There's a, mm-hmm. several of the hippie westerns okay, that I could yeah. do for, like, my show. I can, like, really yeah, get, like, right. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid with Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. um, Little Big Man. Some of the mm-hmm. the more hippie, mm-hmm. um, the ones that were just made by pot smoke kids. Um, <laughs> not Easy Rider. That's a that's a western. So yeah, that's I was,
0: I was kind of gonna just about ready to ask if you if you're considering that one. In there too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I actually consider like I, I like I think uh, Walking Dead is a western. Okay. You yeah. know, it's very obviously a western. Mm-hmm. Several others, but like mm-hmm. all those biker movies from the. 60s 70s the grindhouse movies those were mm. i mean those are you look at like uh uh what's what's the dude that was a little rascal i do not have a computer in front of me so i um, can't just Google robert it. blake robert blake yeah, yeah yeah. he did a movie called Electroglide in blue Ooh, wow. um where he played a, a motorcycle cop okay. and uh it's so obviously it has every western trope in it not a horse to be seen <laughs> But then when, like, I rewatched it, because 70s Grindhouse, that's my jam. And I, I, like, I went back and rewatched it, and I was like, if you just replaced all the motorcycles with horses, that's a Western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, Walking Dead does it with, like, the Indian tropes and zombies. You know, just switching them up, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, that's Well, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, you're your interest there. I didn't I wasn't aware of that that you're that you, you're not just a rock <laughs> movie guy, you know, you certainly do do enjoy some others, other oh, genres I, and so forth um, too.
1: I watch probably five movies a week. Um, yeah, my. and that's, you know, I I work I run a company and I have three children. So like, that's a, that's a stretch for me sometimes, but I have to get, I've gotten to the point now where I I get really choosy about, yeah, sure. Do I really want to spend my time? You know, so like, I don't, I'm kind of like, I don't watch multiplex stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, I am excited to see, uh, um, once upon a time in Hollywood, yeah, but with, yeah. I'm I'm gonna, I I'm, I'm I'm
0: I'm preparing to see it a second
1: time. I am uh gonna try and go this weekend. We've got tickets to see a cool. Pink Floyd uh cover band that's doing it in the entirety of the wall.
0: Mm, wow.
1: And my son is like obsessed with Pink Floyd, so it's <laughs> gonna be his first concert and yeah. um next week we have Hart and Joan Jet. So <laughs> wow. That's gonna be a kick ass show too. Um but like yeah, I I've I i am really into older movies now, like the weirdo movies of the thirties, the the Grindhouse, mm-hmm. old grindhouse movies. Wow. Like uh Freaks and Cabinet of uh Doctor Caligari and stuff like that. And then uh but really like my sweet spot is like the seventies um non-studio 70s movies um or like not the not not the MGM movies the universal movies but more like billy jack and shit like mm. that mm-hmm. which i billy jack's probably my third favorite movie so hmm. yeah you know, cuz you get karate you get hippies <laughs> improv comedy it's got it's got everything you could <laughs> want <laughs> wow. and i've taken i've taken um Cause yeah, you, you have to play with the Paw Patrol kids, but I've yet to uh, see a full episode of Paw Patrol because we just put it on and like leave. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. So when I'm playing with them, so I've just been reenacting scenes from Billy Jack with the Paw Patrol. <laughs> um, it's a true story. You're you
0: you're, 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 you're a mashup
1: artist. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of doing a YouTube video yeah. of just like recreating. <laughs> Like, weird movie scenes with Paw Patrol. <laughs> uh, well, um,
0: is there anything else for this minute in particular? You know, No, ma'am. Um, and, no. and we are going to have you back on, on Wednesday coming up here. Um, but but before that, uh, we actually want to uh, get your um, ranking of the, the four bands that are most commonly believed to make up the Van Stillwater. Um, so I'll listen real quick. Just 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 a reminder for our listeners. Almond Brothers band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skynyrd Um, so have at it, Andy.
1: Well, Led Zeppelin's gotta be number one. Number oh one, yep. Because <laughs> they are the perfect personification of what rock and roll is and should be. Uh Almond Brothers, uh number two, mm-hmm. Not, uh and that's actually a fight between Zeppelin and Almonds um, over who? I, well, who I like more? I, that's a that's a big fight because I fucking yeah, love yeah. the Almonds. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Skinner's got to be three for me, but that's literally because I hate the Eagles so much yeah. that they become four. Um, yeah, I I,
0: I could kind of tell. I think we we're. I was gonna. <laughs> I could have put down money. I think.
1: <laughs> um, and and I say goes last. And uh, and honestly, like, I, I hate Skinner, too. Um, oh, okay, yeah. There are, like, three songs I really like by Leonard Skinner, yeah. um, and they're not Freebird, um, <laughs> which I don't mind Freebird. It's fine. It's just, uh, yeah. to me, I've heard it my entire life. Oh, sure. Yeah. And our radio stations here, when I was younger and first getting into rock, Like it would literally play an Eagles song, two Skinner songs, and then another Eagles song. And then, like, that was the whole day. It was just that rotation. (laughs) So, like, and I've had, like, my dad told me a hundred times that, like, yeah, the Eagles, that's the greatest American band. And I'm like, Hmm. just, you're fucking stupid, man. It's not at all. It's, they're, they're, number one, they're not even a rock and roll. Band, I don't think they're a country band. <laughs> they're very obviously a country band. Um, and Skinner, Skinner's a, a country band too, but like Skinner had a rock edge to it that kind of dirty. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do, and they personify where they're from. They person, you know, yeah. their music does. Their music sounds like sweaty Florida <laughs> drunks, <laughs> and. <laughs> it comes across and there's an authenticity to that, that you can't, you can't yeah. deny. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the almonds totally personify pothead Georgia boys. Yeah. A bit know. bluesier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're influenced by, you know, yeah. the Southern blues and mm-hmm. Dwayne Allman is pro- he's in the top five guitar players of all yeah. time um and anybody yeah. that denies that <laughs> i want you to go listen to wilson pickett's version of hey jude and listen to the oh. guitar track on that because that's Dwayne, oh okay. and he really? is wow. fucking killing it yeah. and it's arguably like some of his best work and it was his first thing he ever really did that like got them noticed um just because he's so fucking good. He's just so good in the pocket, man. Like, hmm. he's, you know, he's just, he's great. And like, and I love like Government Mule, I've seen play with the Almonds, mm-hmm. uh, or Warren Haynes, I've seen, I've seen play with the Almonds. And he is, he is amazing, but he ain't Dwayne. He didn't have that same soul, you know. And I'm not trying to put him down or anything. It's just one of those, like, you know, nobody's going to play that as good
0: yeah right yeah when you're playing the same songs you know yeah it's, you know it's you.
1: it he's yeah, essentially
0: doing a, a cover band <laughs> version of
1: yeah of, and, uh, he, and f- he's for that one for that part for the guitar right And he's, he's, he's right. fucking phenomenal and i love government and Mule by so but it ain't doing <laughs> you know yeah, right. um <laughs> and uh Uh, Zeppelin, I mean, what can you say about Zeppelin other than, you know, when you think of a rock and roll band, you're thinking of Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. All the tropes. You know, that's all that. You know, the private planes, the groupies, (laughs) the, you know, the Continental Hotel. You know, that's Mm -hmm. all. You're thinking about Zeppelin. And they're just like, They're in some aspects, they're a perfect band, Mm -hmm. but they're very comprised of like not perfect musicians by any stretch of the Mm -hmm. imagination. But you don't want that really, you know. It's if if people actually wanted to hear, you know, perfection on guitar, Mm -hmm. Joe Satriani would be like the biggest Mm -hmm. selling artist of all time. And most people don't know who the fuck he is, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's very technically proficient. (laughs) You know, that's not, that's not rock and roll. It's gotta be a little dirty. And, you know, Jimmy Page, dirty guitar player, (laughs) fucking amazing, you know, and always (laughs) knew like the perfect thing to throw in at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, uh, I remember, years ago the uh, guitar world did a uh, greatest guitar solos of all time stairway to heaven was number 1 mm-hmm. and it probably is but and the reason that it is is because because it's not a difficult guitar solo you know it's not technically amazing it's really simple but it's perfect for that song mm-hmm. that's what made it the greatest because it's the perfect one for that song you know it's like having a glass of wine that by itself might be terrible but if it pairs with that steak it's freaking amazing (laughs) you know it's it's the same concept it's you know that's that's why sapling are fucking the best, <laughs> and and you
0: don't have a big hang up like like you do. Uh, or I don't know. I don't. Know, I, don't I, I might be putting in poor terminology there, but with with Freebird, you don't have that for stairway.
1: I've overheard it. You know, yeah. I I literally um have never heard that song on the radio. Really? Wow. Yeah, it dude, I'm, I'm I live in the south, man. Okay, and yeah. okay, Zeppelin yeah, wow. Zeppelin was not a um. Mm-hmm. It's changed now, I believe, because, like, now I think you can turn on and hear a random Zeppelin tune, but I still, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard Stairway on the radio. Um, Yeah, I I, I know. I just heard
0: it a week or two ago. (laughs)
1: um,
0: What, you heard this song for the first time? No, Stairway. Heard it on the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, countless of times, but I know it was that recent, you know. I know I've heard of that recently. That's how often. I mean, they play they play several of their other songs on the on my local radio. I, I heard yeah.
1: Black Dog on the radio when I was a kid. Yeah, um, and whole lot of love I heard on the radio as a kid. That I can. I have a, I have a weird memory with music. Like mm-hmm. I can go exactly to the first time I heard it ever. And your um, thoughts? At,
0: I mean, you 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 have a take on your thoughts at the time when you heard that? Then on stairway <laughs> as, a, as a what a ten year old or something? Or no, no, like Black Dog say.
1: Uh, Black Dog. Mm-hmm. I was uh sixth grade. Yeah. Okay. Um, listening to radio, walk through listening to a headphone radio, walking through the woods, and mm-hmm. going like, "Oh, that's a cool guitar line." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and getting, going back and like asking my dad, who does this song? Um, and, and and he was able to tell (laughs) you, sometimes he was able to go like, ah, that's Zeppelin. Um, but he has a horrible taste in music. I, I inherited his, uh, record collection and it was all like journey (laughs) and Asia. Um, and like, prog rock and shit um, yeah my but,
0: my dad's fairly kind of kind of similar you know he, he he wasn't i I don't even think he could have told me really anything about zeppelin but you know he was you know similar, some of the progress something you know the little bit of genesis or uh Jethrotal or deep purple earlier deep purple especially not not quite as heavy um but yeah
1: yeah, and I, well, the first time I heard Stairway was a uh, seventh-grade English teacher because I was, like, I had I bought a Zeppelin shirt from, like, <laughs> yeah. Goodwill because um, we got all our clothes at thrift stores. Mm-hmm. And I found, like, a sweet, like, 77 Tour shirt. And she was like, oh, you like Zeppelin? And I was like, I really like Black Dog because that's the only song I heard. <laughs> and she actually... And she would probably get in trouble for this nowadays, but she actually made me a tape of Zeppelin four and I took it home and I listened to the whole thing. Um, And it's the stairway to heaven. Solo lost my mind when the solo hits it, it. I really did. It was a, it was a magical, like, I want to play guitar so badly. And now I'm in my mid thirties and I play guitar so badly, but I did, but, but, um, (laughs) uh, the other like postscript to that was when she made the tape, she didn't actually listen to it as she was taping it. So it just like, it ran and then it shut off. So when the drums start and, When the levy breaks, oh yeah, the harmonica cuts on, the tape goes out. Yeah, so So I I didn't hear, I didn't hear when the levy breaks for like seven years. It was, (laughs) I was just hearing like, (laughs) and then the harmonica starts, tape shuts off. And when I did finally hear it for, I was like, man, that would have like changed the whole way I thought about music, probably, (laughs) (laughs) like you know. Um, but I'd moved on, I think, by that. Because so I was really into Zeppelin for like two years. And then, then I got like obsessed with punk, which mm-hmm. is the opposite of Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, fuck, load Zeppelin for like a bunch of years. Because I was like <laughs> too edgy for my own good, you know. Um, like The Clash wouldn't do it that way, you know. <laughs> but like now. Like around my twenties, I was like, "Yeah, you know, all this stuff can coexist. Bruce Springsteen and the Ramones can exist on the same plane, you know." <laughs> and to where now, like, there's no fucking telling what I'll be listening to on any given day. Like, I'm listening to ragtime okay, songs, yeah. you know, because that's been on a playlist of mine. So, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever hits me that day is. You know, '90s hip hop. You know, whatever. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. That's. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's. I. I. I often like to consider myself that, but you're even a little more so in 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 some varying eclectic, a little bit eclectic, but also you know you you certainly are aware of aware of you know some of the more poppy stuff too, but you you do eschew it. It sounds like.
1: No, I like, I like, I like some pop. It's it's a, it's a cultural thing. I think like, uh, with me, like I I have no, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like overly pretentious or anything, but like, I have no, I have no interest whatsoever in modern hip hop. I have no interest in probably any hip hop past like 2002. Um, you know, but I blew, I grew up in a black neighborhood. I have a black stepdad that I lived with for, you know, many years who listened to, like, 90s, you know, gangster rap. Wow. <laughs> you know, so, like, that stuff to me, honestly, that stuff to me is, like, super nostalgic mm-hmm. and kind of makes me feel at home, makes me feel at peace a little bit, which is, I know, it's weird. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, you know, I miss my stepdad. I'm going to listen to Wu-Tang and think about him, you know. But that's, you know, country music. My grandma listened to, like, 90s pop country. So, like, that stuff has a special place for me. Um, Punk rock, for me, was an escape because it was completely different than, you know, my biological father was all about prog rock. You know, Mm -hmm. punk rock was, fuck that. (laughs) You know, so, yeah, you get all these weird... You know, little melting pots of what you're feeling, when you're feeling it, and then when you hear these songs, you know, if if uh, if I hear, you know, if I hear uh, "Dear Mama" by Tupac, like I literally think about my mom because she freaking loved that song, yeah, you know? <laughs> because it reminded her of her, because she was 16 years old when she had me, so like she thinks about that, like, one day I'll resonate with that. And so she played it for me when I was really small, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Probably too young to be listening to unedited Tupac songs. (laughs) But, like, that just makes me nostalgic. So you get into these weird... And I think we said at the beginning of the episode, or, or we said it in the episode, that all art is subjective and that it's personal. So, when you ask me to rank for <laughs> bands, I'm going to come at it from a completely personal point of view. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I don't like Skinner because it reminds me of the hillbillies that I grew up around who were all shitty people who would scream "Freebird" at the county yeah. fair, <laughs> you know, with their Confederate flags and shit. So, that's what it reminds me of.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And the Eagles, like remind me of all the plastic bullshit that like my father tried to push on to me for years that like, Yeah, you gotta listen to this, this is really good. Yeah, the almonds but the almonds remind me of like sneaking out back, listening to the radio by myself out on the farm and hearing that and going like, Oh, this is fucking awesome Yeah. You know? Uh and, and Zeppelin was just what cool sounded like when I was getting into rock and roll mm-hmm. music that was like the coolest band i had any kind of access to Till i discovered the ramones and <laughs> the stooges and stuff like that you know you know led zeppelin's a kick-ass stepping stone yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and that's why they it's it, it's accessible you know it's just poppy enough that everybody can kind of dig a zeppelin tune mm-hmm. without being so I can understand some people don't might not like the elements. They might go like you know it's too country, Yeah, I get it, you know, it's too bluesy. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, Zeppelin's kind of bridges that gap.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure so so far Zeppelin has has definitely stayed away from being anyone's last, <laughs> and 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 in most cases it's been it's been their first. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But I, I I do believe there's been an Eagles that's that's been a, a first though for someone too. So
1: I think the only reason anybody would um, yeah. say that Led Zeppelin sucks is if they run a hillbilly neckbeard podcast, because <laughs> um, uh, and and they don't have any discernible good taste in music. Cause... Mm. you can read between the lines on what I'm saying there. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that show sucks. okay you know that show (laughs) oh everybody knows that show it's a fucking celebrity another celebrity or half ass celebrity doing a podcast putting themselves out as experts um (laughs) where we can't have any valid opinions because we never toured (laughs) with like everybody's ninth favorite old country guy you know whatever (laughs) fuck you (laughs) yeah Fuck that guy. Okay. Also, yep. his yep. main show apes our show, so whatever. Oh wow. Okay. Um, Rock and roll archaeology is yeah that, the best podcast in the world. Yeah, that's a great segue. That's 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 exactly
0: where I was going to go next. Is uh, yeah, please uh, and, and let people know. I mean, is it just just Google that, or you want to give out a uh, a website or or any Twitter handles or Facebook things or anything like that?
1: Um, actually, um. Uh I, I am not involved with uh rock and roll archaeology. Um nope. the show. Um that is uh No, no, no Yeah, right, Christian yeah. and Richard, but mm-hmm. um I highly recommend like if you really wanna know what it was like to be there, the sights, the smells, you know. <laughs> um mm-hmm. from an audio documentary standpoint, there is not a better show out there than that one. Um and as far as rock history goes, that that's it. That's to me that's the pinnacle. Um cool. and I thought that before I was a super fan before they hired me. Yeah. And <laughs> so they know I feel like that. Uh my show is uh Real Rock, um, which is uh R. E. E. L Rock and I do breakdowns of uh rock and roll movies, documentaries, um Concert films, whatever, whatever I'm feeling that days, you know what we're doing. Um, I, it's not a conversational based uh no, podcast. Yeah. It's it's mostly just me, um, giving out my weirdo opinions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you get you can find you can find nice. uh, these shows on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, um, all the places. I'm on Facebook. And, uh, but really, uh, and especially if you guys want to keep the, uh, rock and roll conversations going, um, check out Pantheon Media, um, or go to RNRAP.com, uh, because we are adding shows to this network like (laughs) crazy. We've got, um, at the time of recording this, we've just added, uh, the, History in Five Songs, which is a great show. Um, uh, who Cares About the Rock Hall, which yeah. is a great show. Uh, and Rock Can't the Rock Candy Podcast, which is fun. Uh, muses and stuff. I'm going to forget people, but, you know, go there because every... We have a standard um, that has to be met. So mm-hmm. you will not get a bad show because... Everything has to be to our standards where the audio has got to be good. It's got to be engaging. You got to be thinking outside the box. Um, and especially if you want to know about groupies, uh, because we actually have miss Pamela Debar uh, and miss Pamela's pajama party, uh, where she is the most famous groupie in the world. Uh, writer of I'm with the band. Um, check out her show muses and stuff uh vinyl snob There's so many (laughs) and they're gonna add more before this airs (laughs) because when we find a good show man we 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 suck them in that's great to a little online magazine yeah i I, i've
0: definitely been a, a fan for the past year roughly of the who cares about the rock hall and and I've I've dabbled in some of these others, uh, the Muses. I I do have uh, a few episodes to listen to soon. I, I do have them in my podcatcher, and I've listened to a couple of your episodes too, and find it quite enjoyable. It uh, I certainly plan to get get more into that, into the, especially especially the big one you're saying. I think
1: is the the archaeology one, rock and roll, yeah. Rock, yeah. Rock and roll um, archaeology. As of yeah. uh, writing, I think we just. We because we're they're going in order, um, it's chronological right now, and we just ended 1969. So, wow, um, and this has been going for about five years now. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, the time that is the time that is taken to write and research and, um, and actually record, um, we just we take our times with stuff uh, a lot of times because we want to make sure it's you know the right you know is it the right way to express are we giving enough respect to these artists are we showing Hmm. all sides of the coin um, so to speak but uh, yeah no I I totally recommend there's not a it's not a bad show on our network (laughs) (laughs) that's great except for maybe mine I don't know (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, so uh, like I said uh, we'll see you again uh, Wednesday right Um, Andy yeah sure Yeah, Uh, thank you so much for being on this this, uh, episode today Mondays minute 22 we we took care of today and like I said uh, Wednesday with minute 23 we'll be back Uh, and uh, just additionally real quick uh, you can find me certainly at Lucky Mustard on Twitter and we do have our Facebook page uh, at facebook.com slash minute and our little Facebook group where we talk about these minutes uh, after the fact and so forth, uh, the uh, Band-Aids Listener Society. So uh, until then, until Wednesday, it's all happening. It's all happening.
2: I am a golden god! Yeah!
1: Queen of Hearts is always your best
2: bet. Hey, Diggers. This is an announcement. Episode 18 is on the way. We are in the final polish. All the bodywork, sanding, And the paint has been put on this rocket ship, so we just need that final coat to finish. Coming out of the last few episodes of the Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast that concentrated on specific geographies like London, L.A., San Francisco, and New York, we are now in the home stretch of our time in the 1960s. And so with this one, it's not about a place on a map, but a year in the life. It's called Episode 18, 1969 and it's a year so big in rock and roll it'll take two episodes to tell the full tale part one will cover mostly the first half of the year we'll spend most of our time in the UK checking in with the Beatles as they are beginning to fray internally while friends and competitors the Rolling Stones are about to become the greatest rock and roll band in the world Of course, the Fab Four are still able to be the Beatles, so therefore they are not going down without a fight. And the Glimmer Twins must make a sacrifice to achieve the greatness of that 68-73 run of peak stones. Then we go beyond England and America and venture into outer space where we dissect the moonshot and how it affected society and the arts. So, like the sci fi that surrounds the very real human endeavor, we will peek into the future ourselves with some rock and rollers that will really take us into the next decade. So hold tight, it won't be long now. It's coming, and we think you will all be pleased. Episode 18, 1969, Part 1 Tell a Friend.